0: This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge. A change is inevitable. I want to speak on the Holy Spirit this morning. And uh, I love the Holy Spirit. I love the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, several Sundays ago, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday. In fact, it was the, the 9th of June was Pentecost Sunday. I know it's not Pentecost Sunday now, but in a sense it is, because every Sunday and every day of our life can be Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit has poured out on us. But the Christian day of Pentecost, which is celebrated on the seventh Sunday after Easter, commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and other followers of Jesus Christ while they were in Jerusalem, Celebrating the Feast of Weeks, as it's, which is described in the Acts of the Apostles. So, this morning, I want to begin my message by reading to you from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, from the Passion Translation, which I really love. This is how it reads On the day, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. And suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. And they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time, there, was a, there were Jewish worshippers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. And when the people of the city heard the roaring sound Crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, "'Aren't these all Galileans, so how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages?' We are northeastern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, the and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, east-central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, north-central Turkey, southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans who are neighbors of Serene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs, Yet, we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there, dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, "'What is this phenomenon?' But others poked fun at them and said, "'They're just drunk on new wine.' But Peter stood up with the eleven apostles and shouted to the crowd, "'Listen carefully, my fellow Jews!' And residents of Jerusalem, you need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you'd think they are, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my Spirit on everybody and cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions, and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the skies above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of cloud will appear, for the sun will be turned dark And the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a powerful passage. If that doesn't inspire you, nothing will. Because that is an incredible passage of Scripture that we've just read. Right there from Acts chapter 2. Pentecost Sunday is a commemoration and a celebration of the early church receiving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came. The word Pentecostals is Greek, is Greek and it means 50th day, 50 days after Easter Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is the day that the church was born. And what happened here? When there was 120 men gathered in an upper room, plus, men and, plus women and children, and the Holy Spirit descended, the Holy Spirit came, and the local church that day was born. The church was born. And Jesus Christ was crucified, rose again. He spent 40 days with His disciples, and then He ascended to heaven. Pentecost Sunday the birthday of the church, we should celebrate with passion and zeal every time as we've been encouraged to do this morning. Every time we come together into God's house to worship, to lift up our hands and to praise Him, we do that with passion and zeal. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives within us. And the day that church, the the day the church was born was the day that we had our opportunity to receive grace, to receive forgiveness, to receive life, to receive love. We were born again by the Holy Spirit. Do you remember the day when you gave your life to Jesus? The day that you surrendered your life to him, the Holy Spirit came into your life, and you were born again by the Holy Spirit. The birthday of the church. With passion, excitement, and zeal, we celebrate the fact that we are God's people. We are believers. We believe in, the, in a true and living God who gives hope and blessing to people who were only, all they have to do is say yes. And when we share our faith through the power of the Holy Spirit, man, it's incredible. But not only was the church birthed, it was time for the followers of Jesus to activate their calling and step into ministry. Every one of us has the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling people back to Jesus Christ, their Creator, their Savior, and their Lord. You can read that in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18. We all have the ministry of reconciliation. And it's our role as believers To show people a better way. To reconcile people back to God. To have a relationship with a living God that what we've experienced is we're blessed. I remember as a five-year-old, I gave my life to Jesus in 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 a little church that my parents were planting in New Zealand. Along with my brother and my two cousins, I prayed the sinner's prayer. And gave my life to Jesus. So don't ever, ever underestimate when you are reaching out with to children, what goes on inside their life. You know, for me, I had an encounter with God, and, uh, and it, when I turned eighteen, it's when I really committed my life to Jesus. And I said, Lord, if you want me to follow you and to serve you and to become a minister, you see, I didn't really want to be a pastor because I didn't want to be broke. And I didn't want to be criticized because it seemed to me that was the kind of what, that was the deal. But it's not really true because God provides and God blesses and it's an honor to serve. But we're not all called to follow him and serve him full time. But we're all called to reconcile men and women to Jesus. In other words, what is it? We are witnesses of him. We don't have to convince anyone. We just have to be a witness of the truth of what God has done in us, we witness that to other people. And you watch the Holy Spirit work in somebody's life. When you share your faith, you share your passion for Jesus, there's a witness inside of them and God can change their life. God can turn their life around. You might just say one or two words that the Holy Spirit will take and put that into their spirit and they won't be able to walk away from it. it, It just continues to play in their mind. Till ultimately they make a decision, like you did, to follow Jesus. It's powerful. You know, my testimony of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit was when I was at a youth camp in a place called Oharia Valley in New Zealand, which is north of Wellington. And I went to this youth camp, and there was probably, I guess, about two or 300 young people in this room, and the preacher was preaching, and he was preaching on the Holy Spirit, and at the end of his message, he asked for anyone who wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come forward. Well, I wanted, I wanted to receive, and I thought, well, I'll walk down the front, and this will be pretty simple, and I'll stand there, and I'll receive the Holy Spirit. Well, there's a whole bunch of people who came to the front. I was one of them. And as I was standing there, um, I was kind of observing what was going on. And the pastor was going down the line praying for people but when he came to me, he did something different. He said to me these words. He said, if you will shout hallelujah at the top of your voice, you will now receive the Holy Spirit. Well, you need to understand. I'm 15. I'm shy. I'm introverted. There's no way in the world that I'm going to stand there, lift up my hands at the top of my voice, shout hallelujah. I just want to quietly receive. So why did it have to be like this? So, I just refused to do it. So, he just left me and he went down, and he kept praying and he'd come back again and he'd say to me a, a second time, if you will shout hallelujah three times at the top of your voice, you'll receive. Well, again, I, I rebelled, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So, he went back down this way, and then he came back a third time and he said the same thing. Well, I'm not exaggerating, it was about five times that he came back to me, and I think it was either the fifth or the sixth time I thought to myself, I'm standing here, this is getting more and more embarrassing, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Why does God do that? I mean, God's, God has ways of reaching us. For some reason, that's how God was dealing with me. So on the sixth time, I finally plucked up enough courage, I put my hands up in the air, I took a deep breath, and I shouted, hallelujah, bang! Bang! I went straight on the floor, flat on my back. No one pushed me, and I don't anyone caught me, but I didn't hurt myself. I went down on the floor, and I spoke a language I had never learned. I received the power of the Holy Spirit, and I remember that day, that preacher prophesied over me that I'd be a, I'd be a pastor, a leader, I'd preach the gospel around the world. It was a life-changing encounter that I can still remember the details of to this day, many years later. So it's amazing. That was my experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I went back to my family church, my home church. I got baptized in water then. And and then I went through a bit of a season where I struggled in my walk with God. But God was helping to shape my life. And all that we go through in life is all part of shaping us for our future. And we've got to remember that scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, lean not to your own understanding, all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. So whatever God has for your life, as we trust Him with all of our hearts, and lean not to our own understanding. I didn't know where God would take me, and how God would work, and how God would take me through, but... I finished my apprenticeship as an electrician and then I went to Bible school and then the Lord opened up and all sorts of opportunities came my way. But you just never know how God's going to work. God works in mysterious ways, amazing ways, His wonders to perform. But it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, understanding how powerful the Holy Spirit is. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no church. We all have a lot to be thankful for that the Father sent us the Holy Spirit. And I this morning am very thankful for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and because of the benefits that it brings. It gives us power to be witnesses. It, it gives us the ability to speak a language we never learned as we read in Acts chapter 2. They were speaking languages and they were languages that people understood. They were languages that People who had never learned those languages were speaking them, and others who spoke those languages heard those languages, and it drew them in. So the Holy Spirit is very, very powerful. So I want this morning to remind us of some of the benefits of the Holy Spirit in our life and what it can bring to us and what it means to us. So let me take you through seven things that I believe are some of the benefits of the Holy Spirit being given to us, being poured out upon us. And I'm going to take you to John chapter 14. And I'm going to use the NIV translation this time. And I'm going to take you through just a few verses here talking about the benefits of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the first one is this. The Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you. In John 14... And verse 16, we read this. And I will ask, Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. To be with you forever. one, An advocate who's one who pleads the case of another. He's given us the Holy Spirit as our helper. We have... Um, we have six grandchildren. We have three in Australia, and we have three in America. And on one of our trips to the U.S., I was with my youngest grandson in the U.S., and I was down in the basement with him, basement of their home. And uh, Roman was playing with all his toys, and, and he had created absolute havoc in the basement. So I, at the end of his time playing, he stopped and he sat in his chair. And I said to Roman, Roman, who's going to clean up all this mess that you've created? And his words to me back were, well, you will, you will, pa. You will. And I said, Roman, how do you figure that out? He said, pa, you're my helper. You're my helper. So he expected me to clean up his mess. He had a, he had a pretty good concept of, you know, just Pa's here, so Pa's going to serve me. He's my helper. He's going to serve me. I thought it was pretty cool. I kind of laughed. I never did clean it up, by the way. He did. But when you think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our helper in every situation. And whatever you face, whatever you're going through, whatever you're confronting, Never be afraid to go to God and say, God, I need your help in this situation. Because that's why the Holy Spirit was given. It's actually, one of the Greek words is alos, A-double-L-O-S. Another of the same kind that Jesus was to lead us into all truth. So when the disciples had Jesus with them, he was their teacher. He was inspiring them. He was preparing them. But when He left the earth, He gave us another of the same kind that He was to lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit, number one, He is our helper. He's our advocate. He pleads our case. He stands in the gap. And so the Holy Spirit is with us. It's more than just gifts. And growing up in a Pentecostal church, I remember there, seems to, there seemed to be an overemphasis on speaking in tongues and an overemphasis on the gifts. And that's a part of it. But we need to have a balance. You know, the old saying, you would have heard this old saying, maybe, too much of the words you'll dry up, too much of the spiritual blow up, but a balance of both you'll grow up. And we need a balance of both the Word and the Spirit. Balance in Christendom is very important. We've got to find the balance in life. And the Holy Spirit, we thank God for the gifts, but it's also the fruit that is being produced through us and in us as we allow the Holy Spirit to help us, as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. So firstly, the Holy Spirit will help you. Secondly, the Holy Spirit will show you what is true. In John 14 and verse 17, it says, The Spirit of truth. He is the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. He lives within you. And we need to learn to understand that the Holy Spirit will reveal what is true to us. We need to learn the language of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can speak to us. The Holy Spirit can warn us. I remember years ago, I was driving in New Zealand. I was driving my little car. And I was coming along the southern motorway of just out of Auckland. And I remember distinctly feeling a warning to slow down. And so I did slow down, and as I slowed down, I came around a corner, and there was a major accident just ahead. I honestly believe the Holy Spirit warned me, spoke to me, and told me, slow down. If I hadn't slowed down, I would probably have been caught up in that accident. And I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to us, can show us what is true, can reveal truth to us, He is not only our helper, but He's a revealer of truth. He will speak to us. When you read the Bible, by the way, not because you have to, we don't have to do anything as Christians, but we read the Bible because we love Him. You know, it's not about, well, I've I've fulfilled my duty. I've read the Bible today. I've prayed. I've prayed. I've done this. I've done that. It's not about obligation. It's about about passion as you talked about. It's about a heart for God and our desire to love Him. So we read the Word, and the Word lives. We read it. We pray, Holy Spirit, reveal truth to me today. As I read the Scripture, the Holy Spirit can take the Logos and can quicken it it to us, bring a rhema word from the Word that can speak into our situation, can speak into our life, and can reveal truth to us. So the Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will show you what is true. It is so important to walk our Christian life in truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we want to know His life. We want to know His truth. We want to understand what is right. And we don't want to be deceived. So we want to understand that God's Word is truth. So the Holy Spirit in our life is very, very important. You can be dependent upon the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who will reveal Jesus to us. So thirdly, the Holy Spirit says He won't leave you like orphans in John 14 and verse 18. He says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. I will come to you. He won't leave us as orphans. Even though Jesus has left the earth and gone back to the Father, and seated on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He's praying for us. He's praying and believing for us as we walk through our journey. But the Holy Spirit has not left us as orphans. We are a part of the family of God. And I love, I love the fact that we, that God's inclusive. He includes us. He gives us the opportunity. He even allows us to make mistakes. We, without, in, in us making mistakes, He's there to grace us. He's there to forgive us. And you know, we all make mistakes. And we've all got it wrong sometimes. The problem is what often we don't release ourselves, we don't forgive ourselves, and we think, oh, I've got that wrong. And, and we can spend so much time dwelling on what we got wrong, we need to think about what we got right and realize that what we're doing in life is, it's a, le- it's a learning curve. We're walking through life. We're not orphans. He's with us. He never the Bible says he never leaves us or forsakes us. He's with you in every situation. Whatever you face, he's with you. And in the most torrid time of your life, he's right there with you to support you, to love you, to believe in you. And he's a gracious God, he's a loving father. We're not under law. The Bible says we're under grace. And we walk in grace. And His forgiveness is incredible. So we're not, we're not orphans. He hasn't left us like orphans. We're part of a family. That's why we need the church, right? I love the church. The fact is that we come together on a weekend like this, well, like you do on a Friday night to worship, on a Sunday morning to receive the Word. We come together. We are encouraged. We're built up. We feel like, yes, I can do this. You might have had a tough week, but you go out of here today thinking, I'm going to have a better week. I'm going to have a better week because God's with me because I'm not an orphan. He's beside me. He's with me in all situations. So the Holy Spirit will help you. Number two, the Holy Spirit will show you truth. Number three, the Holy Spirit won't leave you like an orphan. Number four, the Holy Spirit will show us what Jesus is like. John 14, 21. Let me read it to you. In John 14, 21, it says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. I love that verse. Read it again. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, is the one who loves me. I read it be- I talked about that before. You read the Bible because you love God, not because you have to. But because you love God, you want to spend time studying the word, you want to spend time praying, you want to spend time in his presence. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them speaking of himself and show myself to them. The Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to him. John said it, I must decrease and he must increase. I must decrease and he, Jesus, must increase. And it's a journey. And you've got to be patient. Listen, be patient with yourself. God is more patient with you than you are with yourself. You get impatient because you think, I should be further down the track. Or, I should know more. Or, I shouldn't have made that mistake. Or, I should have known better. Well, maybe that's true. But listen, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So don't condemn yourself. Don't beat yourself up because, well, I got it wrong. Why well, you got it wrong. It's okay. Get over it. Build a bridge and get over it. Forgive yourself. Release yourself and don't allow the enemy to put a burden of guilt on you because Jesus has taken that guilt and He's released you and He set you free. Whom the Son of God sets free. Free indeed. You're free. Amen. So let's enjoy the fact that He loves us, His heart is for us, and He wants to reveal Himself to us. Jesus will reveal Himself to you. All you have to do is say, Lord, today, Monday is a new day. I'm off to work. I'm off to study. But, Lord, I want this to be a special day. I want this to be a day when I learn more about you and learn more about myself and learn how I ought to respond and so on. You know, life teaches us all sorts of lessons. And every day we learn new things. We learn more about ourselves But as we grow in grace, we understand how much Jesus loves us and how much He's for us. And we can get up every day full of faith, full of excitement, full of vision, full of purpose. Because He's with us. Because He never leaves us nor forsakes us. The Holy Spirit will show us what Jesus is like. I love it, don't you? Number five. The Father has sent the Holy Spirit to take Jesus' place, which is very similar to my last point. But we read this in verse 26. It says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You know, one of the things I'm very grateful for that when I was in sunday school was called sunday school in those days um, my sunday school teachers always encouraged me to memorize scripture so every week we had a memory verse and we would memorize that scripture that verse and we'd get rewarded well i thank god because you know i find many times when i'm preaching i can quote verses of scripture that i learned when i was a child and the Holy Spirit brings back to your remembrance. So, you know, when you're in the midst of a challenge and you're going through a battle and you're out in the, in the marketplace and it's, things are tough, the, the Holy Spirit can bring back to your memory a verse of Scripture. And as you speak it over your life, it builds faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So memorizing Scripture is a really powerful thing. Because, you know, you don't always have time to grab your Bible and look at the reference, but you can just quote it, and you can speak it. And as you speak it over your life, and speak it over your circumstance, and speak it into your situation, the Word of God is powerful, breaks the chains, and sets us free. So memorizing Scripture is a really powerful thing. So the Holy Spirit has been sent to take Jesus' place, and like I said, the disciples had Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. Revelation is fresh. Revelation comes through relationship. So every day we're in relationship with Jesus, we get a greater revelation of who He is and what He's given to us. And we get a greater understanding of what of who God is and what He's given to us. It's powerful. It's powerful. Number six, the Holy Spirit will teach us everything. I just read that in verse 26, but I'll read it again. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will teach us. What a what a powerful thought that the Holy Spirit's our teacher. So when we read the Word, we go through life, We live life, we encounter circumstance, we encounter situation. We find ourselves in some good places, and sometimes we find ourselves in some tough places. The Holy Spirit is there with us at all times, being a support, being an encouragement, speaking into our life, teaching us what this all means, giving us a revelation of who He is, and revealing Jesus to us. And, and maturity is not about age, it's about a passion to learn, a passion to understand, a passion to grasp truth and say, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know Jesus in my life. Let's get hungry for God. Every time we come to worship, you know, we lift our hands and we sing, Lord, I just want to know you. Because knowing you I'll know the truth and in knowing the truth you'll set me free and in that in that freedom I'll walk and I'll be powerful in your hands. I'll pray for sick people and they'll be healed I'll pray over situations and Lord you'll turn things around because I'm a powerhouse for you filled with the spirit to change lives and to bring us into a greater understanding and number seven the final one and I love this one in John 14:27 the Holy Spirit, will give us peace. Peace, verse 27 of John 14 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do, not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace, God's peace. In the midst, remember when Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat and the disciples were panicking, where was Jesus? He was fast asleep in the peace of God. And, you know, in the midst of the most difficult storm, when all things are breaking loose, even though you're not, you're not discounting the fact that you're in a challenge, but the peace of God is ruling your heart. Let the peace of God rule your heart. The Bible says he will keep... I love this scripture. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And you know when you're going through the toughest time, in the most difficult time, and when you feel like you're being swallowed by circumstance, to be able to look up, set your mind on God, and let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. He will bring you through. You will overcome. This thing won't destroy you. That circumstance won't take you out because God is greater. And what's he doing? He's building strength. He's building character. He's giving you an opportunity to understand who he is and what he's given to you. And the power of the Holy Spirit within you gives you the strength to walk through it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23, I will fear no evil because God is with me. What's the secret? Just keep on walking. Even though I walk through the valley. You don't stop. You don't stay. You just keep on going. And as you keep on going, and sometimes it's hard to keep going, but you say, Lord, I see you. You're high and lifted up. You're interceding for me. You're praying for me. You believe in me, Lord. I'm standing strong in the fact that you are truly, truly faithful. There endeth the lesson. Let me pray for you. Gracious Father, we love you this morning. Father, we so appreciate what you have given to us. We so appreciate the fact that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And we don't take for granted for one second what we have. Lord, you've given us new life. You've given us a fresh start. And even when we get it wrong, Lord, you're there to forgive. If we all confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this morning, we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you, Lord. And I pray this morning that as we just walk it out day by day, as we enter a new week, let us have that new determination, a new passion, that, Father, we'll know you. We just want to know Jesus. We just want to love you. We want to serve you. We want to give you our best. And so we thank you. Confirm your word. Lord, seal that word in our hearts today. May we not forget the fact that the Holy Spirit has been given, poured out upon us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for revealing Jesus to us. That we together, Holy Spirit, can honour Jesus in our daily walk. We love you. We appreciate you. And we thank you, Lord. We honour you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. The message you've heard was produced by The Transformation Edge and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com or on Facebook, The Trans Edge Church. You may wish to call us on 4731 2419. The Trans Edge. A change is inevitable.